Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Marcel. President Day, Saturday morning. It's kind of a, uh, it's an Indiana morning for you here at high atop The Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, where we broadcast worldwide across the United States and the world, uh, this world of sports. And my name is uh, Tom Marquis. You know me as El Presidente. I am the leader of this ship. You will pay homage to me for the next hour or so. Okay, enough of me. Enough of me. We do have a lot to talk about. It's Dega, baby. Dega weekend. Talladega. If you're not first, you're last. Shake and bake. I wish we could have had uh, Steve Wilson, our uh, official NASCAR contributor, on with us today. Well, as of last year, I have not made get my yearly check. He has not yet seen Talladega Nights. And the guy who writes about NASCAR, lives NASCAR, breathes NASCAR, has never seen that. To me, there's something wrong about that, but that's okay. We won't publicly shave him. He won't be able to join us because he's actually in Talladega, where the actual real race is happening without Will Ferrell. So enough of the uh, Talladega references. Uh, IndyCar's off this week, but they also tested out at IMS on the 16th in Georgetown. And, man, I tell you what, I live here in the city. I work downtown, and exciting. Uh, the JW Marriott's got the logo on it. I mean, it's it's coming. It's real. It's real, people, and I love it. Uh, living in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis 500 in the Motor Speedway is my favorite place on earth. So just so you know. Uh, but there was some testing out there this week. It's, well, we're going to be talking with Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast, and uh, BurnoutSports.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about IndyCar, the, the testing, all that went out there. Um uh, and we're going to try to get in some NBA playoffs, uh, maybe some NFL draft talk. We'll see. Uh, and then in the second half of the show today, it's just me and you. You, your alone time with El Presidente. So write this number down, 917-889-8516 of the digits. We can, we can talk about anything. We can even talk about uh, uh, pickleball. You know, it's National Pickleball Month. Did not know that. I learned something new every day. Yesterday, uh, they this uh, celebrations run, and I for the first time I actually saw on um, CBS Sports yesterday afternoon, uh, the network CBS Sports that uh, a pickleball game. So there you go, there you go. Yes, I was working. I worked from home, but hey, in the Balance Studios, we got we got other ways to watch stuff. <laughs> uh, am I a, an official pickleball guru? No. Absolutely don't really know enough about it. It kind of looks like ping pong, kind of looks like tennis, kind of looks like a, a bar game maybe that you play at a bar sometime. I don't know. My name is Tom Michael Presidente. Stick around. It's about to get good. 
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance morning face you get is when you don't sleep well this is what happened to linda morning guys good morning ah, what is that thing it's me linda oh my god it talks Run! no it's me linda from hr it looks hungry save the children save them stay back i've got moving. it's called beauty sleep for a reason and there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I'm seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans' causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Time to kick things off. My name's Tom Marquis El Presidente. It is Talladega weekend. That's right, baby. Talladega, baby. Joining us now is Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast at BurnoutSports.com. How are you, sir? Hey, Tom. How's it going? 
That was fantastic. You never, it never gets better than Talladega. We're going to talk some IndyCar here in just a minute. But, man, Talladega is is the race of races. It's Well, I won't say the race of races, but it's certainly one of the biggest of, of NASCAR. I've got to ask you, though, have you ever seen the movie Talladega Nights? You know, I've actually been to Talladega multiple times, and I definitely have seen the movie. Um, I, went to, I, <laughs> nice. I went to Talladega in 2001. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2001. 2005 and 2007. Let me ask you this. Would you be the type of driver that hangs out in the back and waits for everybody else to wreck and then go racing for the last 20 laps, or do you like to hang out out front all day? I think I'd like to be the guy to hang out in the back because we know the big one's going to come, and I'm going to seize my opportunity after everybody gets stupid in front of me. And what, would, what would you be that? What kind of driver would you be? Yeah, I would probably do that as well. I mean, look, you know, like you, said, you know, the big ones. The best way to gain some positions is when fifteen guys wreck in front of you. So just got to make sure you have room to back it off, get on the brakes, and be able to be able to drive on by. Well, I tell you what, it's an exciting race. It's always exciting to to watch there in, in Talladega. Uh, you know, quickly, let's just kind of uh, touch on on a few story points uh, when NASCAR will get over to uh, uh, IndyCar. Uh, certainly, Chase Elliott is back. He didn't make the quite uh, of a. a Boomerang appearance, if you want, back to NASCAR. Uh, he is going to he's got his way where he's going to be eligible for the playoffs. Thought he would do a little bit better last week, but uh, what are your thoughts on the turn of Chase Elliott? Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to probably take a few weeks to get back into that rhythm. You know, you you think about, you know, in an injury like that, you're rattling in the car. How much does that hurt you? How how fully recovered are you? And there's really only one way to find out, and that's by hopping in the car. So, didn't really expect much from him last week. You know, Martinsville's a tough track. You're constantly turning that race car. Um, But now Talladega, it's a little bit more of a smooth ride. Um, You know, you get long straightaways that you can can relax a little bit. So we should see Chase uh, dicing it up towards the front tomorrow. Well, you know, a good uh, little fun fact that happened this week. Uh, Chase Elliott was named one of the top 75 drivers in NASCAR right along with his dad. Well, of course, there's there's, there's others, Dale Jr. and Dale Sr. And, and that sort of stuff, you know, but and the Jarrett's and those. those. But it, top of mind was that. So uh, do you remember his, his, his dad racing? Yeah, Bill was actually one of my favorite drivers when I was a kid. We uh, actually share this birthday. Um, he won the Daytona 500 the year that I was born. And um, when I went to my first NASCAR race, which is the 1995 Daytona 500, that was Bill Elliott's first race in a McDonald's car. So as a kid, you know, you cheer for the McDonald's car because you love the Happy Meals and you love going and getting all the toys. So I actually had Bill Elliott McDonald's shoes. And then Bill Bill Elliott moved over to Dodge in 2001, my dad actually, uh, most of my life until until about four or five years ago, worked for Dodge. So we would cheer for the Dodge cars, and, of course, I cheer for Bill Elliott. And then we got to see him win the Brickyard 400. So I have a Brickyard 400 Bill Elliott shirt. So, uh, yeah, definitely no, a big, awesome. big, 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 big Bill Elliott guy. He was one of my favorites as a kid, and uh, that's why Chase is one of the guys that I cheer for today. Oh, yeah, I love Chase Elliott. I, I liked his dad as well. I, there was a good picture uh, put out last week uh, before the Martinsville race, and he was sitting on the lap of Dale Sr., uh, so how cool is that? I mean, to have that as a childhood memory and then to have that picture put out. So, you know, although I don't approve of his extracurricular activity, you know, it, it is what it is. All race car drivers have, have done it and have gotten it. So then we, we move on. And so he, he, he uh, will 
well, most likely, I mean, he's got to obviously earn a spot, but he has uh, got the waiver from NASCAR to go into uh, uh, the playoffs if that, if that happens. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, that's for sure. So, who, what, you know, talk with us a little bit about Talladega, what makes it so cool? What may, I mean, we know it's a super fast track, as, we, as you just alluded to. What makes Talladega one of the premier NASCAR races to go to every year? I think from the fans' perspective, it's 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 if you go, it's 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 a giant party. I mean, they party all night, and everybody's getting crazy. And um, also from from just the race itself, it's 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 one of the few races where anybody really has a shot to win. I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, upset winners like Michael McDowell at Daytona 500 on these three restrictor plates? You know, we've seen some really good finishes at Talladega. It comes right down to the wire. It's intense. There's always it's it's pack racing. Nobody's breaking away from somebody. So I just think you know Talladega just really makes the field about as even as possible. I mean, we've seen B.J. McLeod finish in the top ten, and that guy doesn't sniff the top ten on any other racetrack. Um, we've seen some of the smaller teams win there. If you remember back in the, the early to mid 2010s, you had the Furniture Row Racing, and David Reagan won a race, and you know Ricky Fenhouse Jr. has won there. It just it makes the field a lot more even when you have that restrictor plate and you can use that draft. So I like it because you know usually every NASCAR weekend you got about three to five drivers that are probably going to win. Talladega, it's 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 there's thirty drivers that legit can win that race tomorrow. So out of those thirty, who is your uh, DraftKings five dollar pick for the win? Uh, so we can get you down for that. Well, somebody who hasn't wa- – I haven't watched too much NASCAR this year. I will watch Talladega tomorrow. A good friend uh-huh. of mine is going to the race. He is a huge Brad Keselowski fan. That Roush Fenway Keselowski racing team has done really well on restrictor plates. It's time for Brad Keselowski to break through. Give me Brad K to bust out of the slump and get his first win in that six car. BK, we'll see what happens. Okay, let's move on over to Indianapolis, obviously, yeah, to Indianapolis, but to IndyCar. Uh, obviously, they're off this this weekend, and they did have some testing out at the Indianapolis Motor uh, Speedway. They'll be out in Bama next uh, week, uh, so that'll be a good, fun race to watch as well as, as it's a road course. But uh, the uh, IndyCar is in Indianapolis. They're back in Indianapolis for a, a brief stint here to do some testing. I work downtown Indianapolis, and I go past that big uh, – a monument or a monument or landmark, if you will, the JW Marriott and the logos up the uh, game bridge uh, logo is up. You know that it's the time of May or it's real close when that gets up on the JW Marriott. Are you, are you starting to feel the thrill here in Indianapolis? I know you live here with me. We're going to uh, talk about the live testing, but what, what are your thoughts just around the city, especially when you see uh, JW Marriott put on the logo of IndyCar? Yeah, you know, they they got the the V500 logo up there the other day. I actually talked to Scott Dixon who went up there and he's like it was a little sketchy. Yeah, it was it was a windy day when he was up there. Um, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, and then once, once the weather starts to starts to turn nice and you get some sunny days, you start thinking about May and you really get that feeling and um yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's hard to ignore. It's it's a lot of fun. It's what this city loves. It's what this city's built around. And I'm excited for it. I can't wait. And, yeah, like you said, the, the test was awesome. Uh, we could dive into that. But, yeah, just, you know, the even the, the drivers putting up their street signs, right? Uh, every driver, all 34 drivers, mm-hmm. you know, only 33 will make it, but they'll all have a street sign in downtown Indy. Um, so it, it really 
just transforms the city. And as you know, everybody embraces it. And if you're not from here and you don't really know what it's like, um, you know, you, you got to live it once. You got to check it out. It's, it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's, there's always something to do. And then it all culminates with the big race on Memorial Day weekend. You know, I, 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 my company, I, my, my team is in New York and Boston, and they were like, hey, you know, what's it like to be at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? I said, why don't you get on a plane? Some of them are actually going to be here come every year, so there is some big race uh, fans in, in Boston uh, as well. But, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is a special place. We all have memories there. I've been going there my whole life, as have you. Uh, but it's always good to hear the cars back on the track. And so we had some testing this week. The two-time champion still seeking an Indy 500 win. Lap the legendary Indianapolis Motor Speedway at 227 miles per hour, uh, 0.686 miles per hour, uh, which is just a, a tad bit ahead of, of Scott Dixon. And certainly uh, uh, Joseph Newgarden we're looking at there at testing as well. Um, so let's just kind of go through some of the, the, the drivers. We'll start with uh, Joseph Newgarden. He, he's still trying to, to get uh, that – Mega victory, if you will, there in Indianapolis. Now, he's won in Indianapolis. He's just not won the 500. I'm sorry. Let me correct what I'm saying there, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing with Joseph is he's at Team Penske, and he's one of the best drivers. He just hasn't had the best luck at Indy. His best chance to win was in 2016. We know Alexander Rossi kind of stole the show with playing a few mileage perfectly. Um, You know, Penske just hasn't been that great at Indy since Rogers taken over. I mean, 2019, they win Indy 500 with Simon Pagino, dominate the month. And I think they've only led 22 laps since Roger Penske has been um, at the helm. I mean, 2020, they weren't anywhere close. 2021, I think New Garden was eighth and Pagino was third. And last year, they just really weren't there. So they really have to step up their game, Penske as a whole, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, if they're going to have a chance to win. Um, I don't really look too much in the speed charts. You know, I talk to a lot of guys, and they're not looking mm-hmm. at the speed charts. They're just trying to get their cars dialed in as possible. So that when they roll off on that first Monday or that first Tuesday practice, heading into qualifying weekend, that they know that they can uh, be ready to go and, um, you know, try to try to qualify on the pole. Let's talk about Connor Daly. Obviously, he's a hometown uh, hero, if you will, hometown friend. Uh, certainly like to watch him here at Indianapolis. It's not always been the best of friends for him. Connor Daly, as he gets ready for the Indianapolis 500, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, Connor is in a contract year. He has a sponsorship. He's got the car behind him. And Carpenter Racing as a whole, this year just hasn't been all that impressive. Um, they haven't been a team that's contended for wins. They haven't been a team that's led any laps. Um, you know, let's see what they can do. I mean, Connor is going to be fast there. He's led laps in the last two Indianapolis 500s. He hasn't really qualified as great as what he should. He's been able to shuffle his way up through the pack because of, you know, pit sequences and things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's going to have to finish his race. He's going to have to be up there towards the front. And um, it's, it's, it's been hard to do that um, in that Carpenter car. The best at Carpenter Racing finish in the last, I think, five years with Ed running. Um, we'll see what happens. Well, one of the certainly one of the busiest drivers out there at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway in testing, preparing for his fifth Indianapolis 500 with Stefan Wilson, uh, who turned well over 100 laps uh, and in the with his dry, dryer and Reinbold Racing. 
Uh, and then you got Colton Herta and Alex Pillow. Obviously, Alex Pillow with Canasti and, and Colton Herta with Andretti. What are you? What are your thoughts about Andretti? I mean, what is what is showing uh, from Kirkwood last week in, in Long Beach, getting his first win ever uh, under the umbrella of Colton's uh, father, as a as a matter of fact. So Colton's uh, what? I mean, not Colton. So sorry. Uh, uh, Kyle has won. You know, a long all the little steps, you know, the road to Indy, Indy lies. He has got the scholarship money. I know he had a little cup of coffee with uh, AJ Foyt racing, uh, but he's now over with Andretti and he's being mentored by, uh, uh, the, by, uh, brain fart. So sorry, Colton's dad, I should know it, but either which way seems to be turning, uh, no pun intended, seems to be turning in the right direction for uh, a very accomplished driver, Kyle Kirkwood. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, we kind of knew that Kirkwood had that. We we know that he has the skill. Everybody's talked about it. You know, he just kind of had a lame duck year last year with A.J. Foyt. Um, I actually talked to him in a one-on-one interview with him, and I said, you know, you win the race, it's great. Now you got to turn around and come back to Indy a couple days later. Um, you know, how much momentum does it build? And he said, you know, the crazy thing about winning that race was we were 20th in points going in, and I was like, you know, God, it's going to be hard to come out of that hole. Then we win the race, and somebody told me that I was fifth in points. So, um, you know, in Indy, you don't think about points, but the next two weeks in Birmingham, and then when you come back to Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the road course racer, there's a lot of points to be gained. So, Kirkwood's got the Andretti was about a step or two behind last year at the Indianapolis 500. We know Colton Herta wrecked on carb day. Marco never really seemed to have the speed. Rossi really wasn't there. We'll see what Grosjean can do. This is, you know, this is going to be Grosjean's, you know, second Indianapolis 500. Can he put it together? Can he finish up front? So, um, Andretti, just like Penske, though, still has a lot of work to do. You know, one more one more driver, and then we got to get on a couple other topics real quick here because I only got you for a limited amount of time. Pato Award, <laughs> kind of like the way he ran last week in Long Beach, uh, but he just couldn't put it together in his Chevy Errol McLaren uh, car. Pato Award certainly got a lot of attention last year. Uh, what are your thoughts about him as he gets ready for the Indianapolis 500? He was, re- he was turning laps around 225 miles an hour. It's going to have to be a lot faster than that to get a, a high qualifying position in uh, at Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, look, McLaren's got four cars. They're going to be right there. All four are going to be fast. All four are drivers that know how to win there. All four have finished inside of the top five. The liveries look great. If you saw them that they announced it earlier this week, they're some of the best-looking cars out there. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they can do. That's a team that's going to be – you got Tony Kanaan. Coming over to Aaron McLaren, he finished third last year. You got Pato Award, your leading driver. He's up there in the points this year. He was second in last year's 500, third the year before. Felix Rosenquist was top five. Then you had Alexander Rossi, who we know has won the Apple 500. So we'll see. But I think when we get to May, we're going to be talking about Chip Ganassi Racing and who's going to top the likes of Marcus Erickson, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow, and Takuma Sato, because that's a team that's going to have to – you're going to have to go through Chip Ganassi Racing if you want to win the 107th Indianapolis 500. I totally agree with that. All right, let's get on over to the NBA playoffs. Playoffs in the NBA have certainly uh, been exciting, maybe. Uh, not without uh, some drama, <clears throat> that's for sure. In the series overall, there's you know way too many games to break down uh, game by game. But still looking at Boston in the East, uh, you know uh, we're still early. You know we're still early. The 76ers they're gonna they're gonna take care of business against the Nets today and move on, and they'll meet with the Celtics. So we know we we, we see the direction things are going, uh, but at a very high level overview of, of round one of the playoffs. 
playoffs. I think I really like uh, the, the Nuggets a lot coming out of the West. And, of course, you know, uh, you, you still got you still got to look at Le- the LeBron James factor and the Lakers. But, man, uh, the series are tied one and one. I said all along that the Grizzlies could be that team to give the wake-up call and, and, and take the, the uh, a, a, a playoff around away from the Lakers and LeBron James will be the first time I think ever he's lost in the first round. Let's not jump to that yet, but I like the Grizzlies. What are your thoughts on a high level in the West and in the East? Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, you know, John, John Morant, we'll see if he comes back and plays. Obviously, he missed the last game, and they still fired on all cylinders and won that game. That'll be a good one tonight as the series shifts over to L.A. It's 1-1. Can LeBron James take over? You know, we know LeBron's going to get 35, but Anthony Davis can't have a game like he had the other night. Anthony Davis is supposed to be this premier player, even though he's had his injury problems. But you you can't shoot 4-14, have 13 points at a playoff game when you're supposed to be, you know, LeBron's right-hand man. D'Angelo Russell played like absolute garbage the other night. Two of eleven from the field, mm-hmm. he was not good. Sure the bench, the the bench didn't do anything besides Hachimura at twenty points. Everybody else who came off the bench combined for seven points. That's going to score those seven. So the Lakers got to get better. LeBron can't do it all, um, and that's what he had to do the other night, and they lost by ten. So who's going to step up? Because we know LeBron's going to get his twenty-five and ten, if not more. But Anthony Davis. D'Angelo Russell have to be better than what they were in game two, or they might not win another game the rest of this playoff series. I totally agree with you about that, Tony. And, and, and you know, we were talking about this at work uh, this week. Anthony Davis is just playing like lazy. He's just using LeBron as a crutch. Not really his normal way of doing things. Uh, is, there, is there a story behind that, or is it just us trying to t- uh, create a story? You know, I don't know. He just looked a little bit off the other night. I mean, you, you, you can go back. And you can look at game one, right? Game one, LeBron took over, and the Lakers won it by 16. And Anthony Davis, you know, did what he needed to do. He was 22, 22 points, 12 rebounds. He was 10 and 17, very efficient. LeBron had 21 and 11. It was a very balanced effort. And Ru Hachimura off the bench had a huge night at 29 points. We know he's going to score. But, look, other guys got to step up. You know, it can't just be LeBron and Ru Hachimura every night. And that guy has to step up is Anthony Davis and is D'Angelo Russell, but they'll be on the outside looking in real quick. All right, uh, Tony, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. But real quickly, real quickly, we've got to take care of some very important business. Thursday is a very important day here in Indianapolis via Kansas City. In the 2000s, In the 2023 draft, the Indianapolis Colts draft, I'll let my good friend Anthony Donahue. It's Anthony Richardson, man. If it's not, then Ballard screwed it up. And I don't don't trust Ballard, but it's Anthony Richardson or nothing else. Unless, for whatever reason, you could trade up to get Stroud or get Bryce Young, which I don't think is going to happen, the pick's Anthony Richardson. And that's because nobody's going to, in that first four rounds, he's going to be left. And that's what's going to be there. So it does make sense. And so goodbye, Levison, right? You, you, you got – we're pretty much sure that that's – but it's Chris Ballard, right? <laughs> Anything can yeah. freaking happen with Chris Ballard. So let me ask you this just so I can play the devil's advocate, stir the pot a little bit. Uh, what if uh, Chris Ballard and the Colts decide to forego a quarterback in the first round? 
Yeah, oh, man. Um, they're going to they're gonna get destroyed. I mean, people will just kill them. People will kill them. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you could trade down and maybe get Anthony Richardson at six or seven, that's a risk you take. But, um, man, I, I think you just you, – you've really got to, to figure it out. I mean, you really got to get a guy right now because um, this this will be Ballard's staple right here. If, if he can pull this off and Shane Steigen can help Anthony Richardson develop – they're going to be fine. If not, um, you know, the fans are just going to going to turn loose on them. Well, we're certainly going to be uh, talking about it in, in depth next week, and so we'll see what happens. You know, I've been kind of on this Levison train. Now it is it appears, anyway, that the, that Richardson's still going to be there at number four. They better freaking take him. So I, I totally agree with you. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast. What are you guys working on this week? And where can people find your working masterpieces, sir? Yeah, had a really good uh, time out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this past week. Um, you know, talking to some of the drivers, had a, had, a, had an interview one on one with Marcus Erickson. Had a one on one with the last winner of the Indianapolis 500. That um, you know, we talked about you know his pick to win the Stanley Cup was the Boston Bruins, and we discussed um, testing out there. And then I had one with Kyle Kirkwood as well, coming off of his first career win. So plenty to check out there. Hope you'll do so. You have a great week and. Uh, We'll talk next Saturday and figure out, you know, what the Colts did, why they did it, and what it's going to look like for the future. I look forward to it. Tony, you have yourself a great weekend. All right. Take care, man. All right. See ya. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com uh, coming on and jumping on and, and, and helping us uh, talk some NASCAR because it's Dega. Steve Wilson can't join us. Uh, today because he's actually in Dega, which is fun. I, I mean, I have to admit, that's one of my bucket list uh, tracks to go to. I've been to a lot of tracks, never been to Talladega, never been to Martinsville, never been to Richmond. Those are those are my bucket list uh, bucket list uh, ones to, to go for. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. You know what? Stick around. It's about to get good. It's already good. 917-889-8516 is my digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Hi, this is a good one, kind of groove. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. 
or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it and make it fresh and roasted. Yeah, right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. My name's Tom Marcos, El Presidente, 917-889-8516 their digits. Thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com, uh, breaking down Talladega, baby. Talladega weekend. It's one of the biggest races in the NASCAR circuit. That's happening uh, this weekend. You got the Xfinity race uh, today. I did not get uh, uh, I did not get uh, Tony's pick for the Xfinity race, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, well I'll get it offline. I'll get it in the DraftKings $5 bet system today. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. <clears throat> but, uh, and uh, certainly uh, talking a little bit of the NBA and, of course, uh, the uh, Colts. So, you know, uh, for the next uh, 20 minutes or so, you're going to be uh, spending some alone time with the wise one, myself. Uh, they often call me the King Solomon of sports. You know that, did you? They, they do. They really do. And so I, I want to make sure that I give you my minions, the opportunity to 
partake in some knowledge of this great brain of mine uh, that I'm that I'm able to do with one hand tied behind my back with intelligence loaned from God. I am here to bring it to you for the next 20 minutes. So we're going to break down. We're going we're to have our own little mock draft. So feel free to jump in 917-889-8516. And we're going to kind of uh, go through this. Now, yesterday we had some news breaking the NFL, and then we're going to get into my little mock draft, if you will. Yesterday we had some uh, uh, news that broke the Eagles. Now, and I've already talked to Ed Kratz about this. He couldn't join us today. He will be joining us next week. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, spending some family time, which is well-deserved, because, uh, you know, he's going to be busy the next few weeks. So either which way, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, have usually I give them credit. I say, you know, they're playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. And it's it's did well for them. And and their strategy in the draft and they do well. They do well. So they're smart. And then they go and pull a boneheaded move. You know, like in the movie Dumb and Dumber. Just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, you go and redeem yourself. The Eagles have hired former Detroit Lions head coach and New England's Patriot assistant, Matt Patricia. But Matt Patricia got his his legacy, if you will, not really under uh, Tom Brady, but with the New England Patriots. And so everybody thought he was a great brain in the defensive world. And then he got hired on the Detroit Lions. And then they started doing some stuff. And then they did. Boom, boom, boom. So they've hired... uh, or you probably know him best, the bearded guy with the pencil in his ear. That's Matt Patricia for you. He's uh, hired as uh, a, a senior defensive assistant. Now, this is according to, to Sheffy. That was yesterday. And uh, we all know Sheffy's got his sources. <laughs> I mean, when Sheffy puts it out there, it's pretty reliable. It's pretty pretty reliable. So, uh I immediately, uh, I immediately contacted Ed Kratz when I found out about this, and his comment. I said, "So the Eagles hire Matt Patricia as senior defensive assistant, but then you knew that." LOL thoughts. Now that's an offline text that I had with Ed. He's like, "I don't like it even a little bit," <laughs> and I said. Yeah, I didn't think you would. Uh, he said they're going seven and ten now, so not a very popular hire by the by the uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Coach Nick Serrani said during a news conference Thursday that it was trending in the, the direction that Patricia would be hired. So as of yesterday, it's official. It's not official. Nonetheless, it, it's happening. It's happening. All right, guys, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about it because. You know, that, that's the kind of boneheaded move that the Indianapolis Colts have made. <laughs> you know, I love them, though. I, I do. I love the Colts big time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ride or die with them. And I have been a, a Colts fan. And this is a true story. I'm not making it up. I've been a, a Colts fan since they were in Baltimore. And when they came to Indianapolis, my life just got great. Well, you know, then we have seasons like we had. <laughs> so, Let's just we know what where we're at, uh, but is there light at the end of the tunnel? Only what, five more days. Let's see, uh, 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four more days, I guess, uh, remain before the first round of the 2023 NF draft officially begins. And as we get closer to draft day, rumors and smoke screens become more and more prevalent. It's hard to trust anything that comes out between now and when the draft begins. <laughs> I mean, but it's it couldn't get any easier for him as the way that we understand it now. You know, obviously the Indianapolis Colts haven't made any trades up. I don't look for that to happen. That's really not in Chris Ballard's wheelhouse. He doesn't do that too much. Uh, so the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts currently uh, uh, set with the number four pick. Well, you, you would think you can't mess this up. You know, you would think you, you can't mess this up. You can't mess up biscuits and gravy. It's biscuits, it's gravy. It's that easy. But it's Chris Ballard. So there's always that. But he'll be the man in charge of making the final call on, which the, on who the, the player of the Colts choose. You know, everybody knows that lies are common this point of year, time of year. But as it stands now, if we're to believe everything that we're seeing, uh, that Anthony Richardson is still going to be available at four. Easy squeezy. Let's get him. Let's develop him. You got Gartner Minshew that can help do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got a new coach. It's not all the pieces. Obviously, they have to do well throughout the rest of the draft as well, but it's a start, and it's a great start for your fan base. Just proposed a, a, a hypothetical, stir in the pot, what happens if they decide to leave a quarterback on their, in the first round? They're going to be crucified. You know, I, the New York media is known for crucifixion. They're the ones who created it, if you will. Indianapolis will turn into the New York media if we do not get a quarterback on Thursday. You know, and certainly a lot of a lot of rumors, and and, and I have I have bought into this that Will Levis uh, may end up being the pick for the Colts. But now that we know that Anthony Richardson uh, is, a, is a is a top possibility, I think that we leave. Uh, we we leave Levis uh, alone in the, in the number one overall pick. You gotta go. You gotta go with Richardson. So we'll see. So that's kind of where we're at, where I'm at. <laughs> you know. And so I thought, hey, why not? Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six my digits. And so let's uh, let's uh, let's get into the balance mock draft. Hosted by yours truly, El Presidente. <laughs> I know. Trust me. Uh, I'll probably play it again next week, but that, that will be it. All right, guys. I am going to just focus on where I think is going to happen right now, and we'll see what happens in, in as we go through the first round. In round number one. The Carolina Panthers, they pick Bryce Young from Alabama. I mean, come on. That's, that's another given. As the draft day draws nearer, the drum uh, beat grows louder in favor of Bryce Young. Going to be the number one overall. And guess who gets that? 
Guess who gets that? That's right, head coach Frank Reich. You got it, you got it. He, he liked into that, didn't he? Yeah, you know, congratulations to Frank. I, I like Frank. I, I thought he was good here in Indianapolis, and so I, I liked it. You know, I, I hope he does well there in, in Carolina. And, uh, you know, that's my, my granddaughter's favorite team, the Panthers. So, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. So we're still kind of like on the edge, and this is where some of the rumors uh, start to turn. But in the number two pick, it's, it's, it goes to Houston. Uh, and, you know, as we look at the, my mock draft here, um, I, I think there's a case to be made for C.J. Stroud here. Um, again, you just you see these easy, no-brainer type things here, and you know I, I just think the Texans would have a hard time bypassing a chance to take a quarterback at number two. But you know, like we've said, that anything can happen. So. I don't think that Arizona is going to go with a quarterback. They might, but I don't think that they will. And that's going to leave the um, that's going to leave the um, Indianapolis Colts at the fourth pick. Now, there is still a a, uh, a case to be made that that the Colts would go with Levis, but I, again. Not trying to beat a dead horse here. It just makes sense that if Anthony Richardson is there, to go ahead and and take that. I think the Cardinals though they they they're going to secure the pass rusher that they desperately need, and I, I look for them to, to to go after Will Anderson Jr. Yes, another guy from Alabama. You want to get drafted into the NFL, uh, get uh, be good enough to play for the University of Alabama. It, it is that. It is what it is. It's the developmental league uh, for the. Uh, NFL, although we do have the new USFL. I, nothing against that at all, but just, you know, see what happens. I'm new to it. Just like I'm new to pickleball. I did not know it was National Pickleball Month. I'm, I'm getting off in the weeds a little bit, but I get a lot of people at work like pickleball. Yesterday afternoon, I worked from home, and uh, I, I had the CBS Sports Network on, and they had a pickleball tournament, whatever. I guess there's a whole national thing. Where have I been with pickleball, right? <laughs> I guess it looks like ping pong, looks like tennis. It also looks like a, a game you might be playing at a bar on a Saturday night. Pickleball. So you'll learn something new every day. I digress. Arizona Cardinals go with Will Anderson Jr. 917-889-8516. You want to chime in on my uh, brain? I'm the smart one here. <laughs> and you know, and I said Anthony Richardson. So I'm apparently not the smartest one in the in the room. I don't know why I said that. I meant to say C.J. Stroud to the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, that's who I meant to speak of, and you all knew that because Tony and I were just talking about it. <laughs> so <laughs> here I am. That's okay. I'm the one being crucified here. But really, let's still start. I, I wish we'd had Adam was in Belfast this week, and so he couldn't join us, and he's got some jet lag going on. I, I, I would love to have him on and, and, and talk uh, with us about the Colts and C.J. Stroud. I mean, I think he's he's going to go from, hey, blowing a gasket. He didn't blow the gasket that I thought he was going to blow last week with our, with uh, uh, 
was talking about Levis, but he did, he did give us a, a very well earned uh, rant from Adam Jividen. So we'll save that for him for next week. But you got you got to love Stroud's accuracy in the strength in the pocket. Could make him, you know, the again. Let's why 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 leave him there? Why leave him there? All hell's going to break loose. If the Colts, I, let's let's just let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They're not that stupid, are they? Are they? Are they? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna digress because we got some other teams to talk about. Uh, but they better they better because next Saturday we're gonna be right here in this very same spot and we're gonna be dissecting the entire draft the best we can and we're gonna be giving grades A through F on who did well, who didn't. What grade will we give the Indianapolis Colts? I'll leave it right there. And the number five pick, we look at that the Seattle Seahawks, they got the pick from Denver. And you know, you gotta you gotta look at Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, uh, with uh, with this being a pick here. I mean, Wilson. I mean, if I can be funny here, the Seattle Seahawks miss Wilson so much they've got to get another Wilson. <laughs> See what I did there? Wilson's length, though, in athleticism, in that he showed in the combine, it really proves that he's going to be a top round draft pick. And I, I just think this is a good pick. This is who I look for the Seattle Seahawks and the number five pick to pick is Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Good player. Got a chance to watch him a little bit last year. So, and watched a little bit of him when I had some opportunities on the, uh, the combine to watch. So yeah, I like it. We'll see what happens. It's a good solid pick and, and uh, that's a good conservative pick for the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, now we move on to Detroit Lions. Obviously, our good friend of the show, Rick Riggin, is a Detroit Lions guy. Um, and, and, and they are trading um, Jeffrey Ugarada, that guy, to Atlanta, which opens up a slot for Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois, Big Ten player, quarterback, not quarterback, cornerback. Um, and uh, – I think I think he'll be good for the Lions. The Lions need a fresh look, just like the Colts. And he he, ha, he has he's very competitive, uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. And he has to be appreciated, obviously, by new coach out there, Dan Campbell. So Devon Witherspoon goes to the Detroit Lions in the in the number six pick. Now let's look at Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is getting an MLB team, by the way. I don't know if you guys heard that this week. The Oakland A's are going to Vegas in 2027, I believe. They're going to have a 35,000-person people stadium built right there on the Strip. I don't know. When I think about going to Vegas, I don't think about, hey, I'm going to go to Vegas, I'm going to hit the craps table, and then I'm going to head on over to an MLB game. Maybe. Maybe. Of course, they got so, – so here's the thing. What's the relationship that Vegas has with Oakland? I mean, the Raiders – who I still associate as the Oakland Raiders, moved to Vegas. And now the A's, the Oakland A's, the athletics, if you will, moved to Vegas. I digress. Las Vegas, you know, there might be more there than sports gambling. No. Here's the thing. The Raiders have a lot of holes to, to, to fill. They got rid of Derek Carr. They're, they, they, they're a strong AFC team, but they've got a lot of stuff to do. And they have been looking for a showstopper in the secondary. And I like Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, cornerback. 
to make this happen for him. He, he's actually uh, a junior. Uh, I think he's, he's deferring his senior year to going into the NFL draft, which is probably a good choice. Uh, so uh, the number seven pick goes to Christian Gonzalez, and we'll see see what he's like. Now, another team that's just kind of like, you know, they say be good or be bad, but don't be mediocre. That's the Atlanta Falcons. They're mediocre. And uh, I know their general manager, Terry Fonte, uh, continues to draft offensive playmakers in the top ten and adding a star running back to complete the, the tight end in, with Kyle Pitts. And we know about that. And in, over, in the number four overall back in 2021. And a wide receiver, Drake London, in a in the number eight overall in 2022. So they, they've got to continue to make offensive play makers. And that's been John Robinson out of Texas running back. And not, there's not a big deep running back class in the 2023 um, draft class. Uh, so we'll see how, how that plays out. But John Robinson, the number eight pick to the Atlanta Falcons, just a little bit North of Indianapolis guys, a skill called Soldier Field and the Chicago Bears play there. And uh, they got their pick from Carolina. They traded with Carolina. And, 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 and the Bears have need some help, too. You know, I, I, I like to just uh, put the Colts under a microscope, but the Bears is another team. I mean, there's, they got holes everywhere to fix. And so we'll see how the Bears do this year. But this could be a very good starting point for them. And I think they pick up Jalen Carter, a defensive tack, tackle out of Georgia, who's also a junior for going his senior year to go into the, the job. If you, if you can't get some sort of a certainty from your, your people uh, that you're going to get in the top ten, stay in college for another year because you're going to need it. But, you know, he's going to probably fall in the top nine. So, again, I don't, I don't necessarily blame him uh, for, for doing that. Now, uh, here's the other thing. I was I was talking about Anthony Richardson earlier, and and because he's a quarterback, he's a sophomore. He's actually that good, and so that's why I, I was thinking earlier this week of talking to some people at work that Anthony Richardson would be the guy the guy to go with. Um, but as it stands now, if we pick up C.J. Stroud and things move around. That leaves the number 10 pick with Minnesota, and Anthony Richardson drops all the way down uh, to the number 10 pick. And, you know, thinking about it, hindsight, that's, I'm glad the Colts probably aren't on his bandwagon. That may not have been the best choice for a quarterback. But any quarterback at this point for the Colts, you know, I said I was done with the Colts. You know, I'm, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to continue to ramble on. Minnesota Vikings get their pick from their number 10 pick from the New Orleans Saints, and they pick up their quarterback, Anthony Richardson, out of Florida. Again, like I said, sophomore, so we'll see uh, what happens. Of course, uh, there's, there's some moving around with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, uh, their general manager has not been shy about trading draft picks since taking the, the job last year. There might be some, some, some conversations there, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So now we go to Tennessee Titans. Uh, I like Osiris Torrance, Florida offensive guard, to go in the number 11 pick uh, to the Tennessee Titans. Houston Texans get another pick. And I think they're going to go with Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Nolan Smith. This guy's fast. I mean, wicked fast. And uh, – you know, at least at the NFL Combine, he was one of the, the standouts uh, at the Combine. 
but he just has a really strong power and ability to win with his hands that are just impressive. Man, that was how to win with his hands, huh? All right, I'll leave that one alone. That was too easy. That was too easy. Did you guys, uh, did you hear about Verlander? Mets? Well, that story's kind of funny. Stuff. I don't know how many people listen to uh, Boomer Gino. Probably a lot of you do, like I do. It's kind of part of my morning routine. Uh, but, uh, they, they, yeah, they talk a lot of New York sports. All of my colleagues are in New York, so kind of a connection there. Uh, but <laughs> the Mets' Max Scherzer was ejected for a sticky substance on his glove. And then they gave him the opportunity to go in the dugout and wash it off. And they had a, an official luring over him like he's taking a piss test or something to get that sticky substance off. He traded gloves, went back out there again with sticky stuff, which you can't do. You can't do. It's against the rules. And so he gets ejected. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Because I was thinking about the what uh, uh, Boomer and them were talking about on the show this week, and you may have heard it. He got caught with sticky stuff on his hands. Last time I was caught with sticky, sticky stuff on my hands, my mom come in on me. Mom, don't come in on me. Hilarious. Don't get caught with sticky stuff on your hands. But <laughs> that just goes to show that there's a deeper, deeper thing. He thought he was pulling one. Well okay, look, not only will I wash my hands, I'm going to switch gloves. Do the, do the gods that give out brains? Actually, did they give him trains? I haven't said that since fourth grade. Not that, think that the, the, the officials are going to check the secondary glove? <laughs> He's out of here. Send that boy home. <laughs> and I said all that to say because, hey, it's the New York Jets uh, picks. You see how I tie everything around my Kevin Bacon 360? I do it. It's good. New York Jets, that's going to be our final pick for today in my mock draft. Pick Peter Skronowski. Out of Northwestern offensive line lineman Skronowski. Uh, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, uh, but Skronowski uh, lands uh, in the same. Ironically, lands in the same draft slot where his North his former Northwestern teammate Rashawn Slater was taken by the Chargers in 2021. The Jets will likely slide this Wildcat inside. Uh, however, they believe. Did I just say that? Let me slide this Wildcat inside. You know, but. Guys, I digress. My name's Tom Marquez, El Presidente. It's Teledega Weekend. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter, the T-Balance, uh, and on Facebook, The Balance. My name's Tom Marquez, El Presidente. It's been fun. Make sure you, when you're, when you're uh, following us on the, the Twitter and, and listening to us on the podcast, and the great thing is if you are listening to us on the podcast right now, uh, this was our live show, Good, Bad, or Indifferent. And, and you just go ahead and hit a like there. And uh, we we uh, know how awesome that we are. And uh, that way we'll know how awesome that you are. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It ain't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. See you next week.
had one shot, one opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. You capture. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy There's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready To drop 